Hello there and welcome to Yes Law, a lyrical dive into Anderson Pack's discography. Today we will be looking at Put You On, the sixth track off of his debut album Venice. Now, Put You On was produced by Callan Connor, who works with Anderson a lot, especially on this record. He produces a lot of a majority of the tracks along with Anderson Pack. And today's episode will be on the sixth track, Put You On. I already did mention that. And this is going to be a um, really interesting episode because um, there are actually um, a couple different interpretations about a couple lines, which I'll probably go more in depth with in the conclusion rather than throughout the episode because I already have notes on my personal perspective, but I still do think that both uh, perspectives are interesting to look at. So, yeah, without further ado, let's start looking into Put You On. So we start right off by jumping into the first verse. The first line of the first verse is, You cold, you cold, you the coldest. Now, to be hot at something is to be good at it. But there's also the literal meaning of hot, which I don't think I need to explain because five-year-olds aren't listening to this fucking podcast. Um, And the opposite of that is cold. Again, I don't need to explain that shit because this isn't a fucking baby's podcast. This is a lyrical dissection of music with parental advisory stickers. Well, Anderson doesn't use parental advisory stickers, but, like, he still swears in his music, and I don't think I should be catering to people that are younger than his core audience just by removing the word fuck from my podcast. But, yeah, this would imply that she is not good at sex. And, like, yeah, like, I could have just, like... Looked at the bar at first and saw, oh, this. I assume I'm assuming that this means sex, but actually, no, because if you go on and listen to the song, like there are a bunch of innuendos and even direct references. So there's that. I just want to know who put you on it. So he basically just wants to know who taught her terribly, and I have a feeling that my science teacher next year is going to ask the same question. And then, homage to your teacher. Knowledge is the motherfucking key. Anderson is being sarcastic by, like, saying that he honors them. Because homage is basically an honor. And he's being sarcastic, which implies that the teacher was shit. And knowing everything one would need to know is essential for a good time. Uh, new move, got a lot of them. Remember when you only knew how to ride on it. Now you be tossing it like Serena. So he's teaching her a bunch of new traditions, or uh, new moves as he calls them. I guess I can kind of get behind that, um, metaphor. And she only knew, I guess, how to perform reverse cowgirl, not perform a good, like... For example, um, yeah, I know how a computer works. I'm not really good at, like, programming or anything. I mean, I can program decently, but, like, I was just saying that as as an example because I know there are a lot of people out there that know how this shit works even though they don't know jack shit about what they're doing. And 
Now that Anderson has taught her, she's a pro, like Serena Williams is a pro at tennis. And then the final line of the first verse is, and I'm going to run it back like a rerun. So he's going to teach her about sex from the beginning again, like a TV program would show an episode again. Um, But this time, though, there is a difference. So I guess it would be like an extended cut of a TV episode. And this time that he's actually going to teach her better than the asshole that taught her before in a shit way so then we move on to the hook so the hook begins with who put you on who put you on that so again he's asking who's responsible for her shitty education in sex and then here's a um clever bar during the hook you didn't know and you didn't know about nothing now you know all about nothing so she used to know she used to know nothing about sex, but now um, that she is with Anderson, she knows everything there is to know. And I'm saying that this is clever because of the wordplay with nothing and nothing. Um, now, both of them, both times, like, both you didn't know about nothing and now you know about nothing. He both said, like, nothing, like, in that kind of way to say it. Um... And I honestly thought that was clever because, like, he's, I guess, a double meaning of nothing. Like, nothing as in the dialect and nothing as in, you know. And you didn't know about nothing being the nothing mean. Now you know all about nothing being the sexual meaning. (laughs) So then the hook continued with I put you on for that now look at you so now that Anderson is teaching her or putting her on to it she is a pro and this hook is repeated uh one more time only this time the now look at you is removed from the end I guess so it ends at I put you on that it's not really important but whatever and yeah so then after the hook, Anderson hops right into the second verse. And he begins with it, with, You know, you know, you're my favorite. So Anderson obviously loves her very much. And now that she's good in bed, she's even better than most girls he's dated. And she's probably the best in bed. Because past times, I guess, didn't really need education from Anderson. But she did need it. And now that she has it, she's fucking bomb. I be steady drinking with you, baby. So he feels comfortable drinking with her because he knows that even under the influence, she'll give him a good time because she knows the way. Um, and that continues. Long strokes to the promise. Remember, you couldn't take it all. So I, I'm gonna say this in like the best way possible, because there's no really better way to say this, but. These lines imply that Anderson has a big dick. And now that she's getting used to the full treatment because before she wasn't able to take it all in, but now she's used to him. That continues with new moves, got a lot of them. So she's learned a lot from Anderson and can now perform better because of his teaching. And the moves, this is the second time the moves metaphor is used. The first time being 
the new move got a lot of them before. So that line is repeated in moves and positions, I guess, are the used as a metaphor or it could be like the way she's moving while they go at it. And then we continue with, tell me when the hell you got so winded, so long winded. So to be long-winded is to be capable of doing something for a long period of time without needing a rest. She can now pleasure Anderson for as long as he would need without her needing a break because she's so good at and used to it at this point. And then we got the final two lines and holy shit, that is a lot of notes I got for this. Um, Talking and walking just like a diva. Now you're going to hit them notes like... Aretha. So the term di- uh, diva is usually used to describe someone self-important and difficult to please. So basically a bitch. So when I was looking at this, I was thinking, okay, how am I going to approach this? So I looked up diva just in case there was any extra meaning. And holy shit, turns out there was. So this can be used to describe a famous female opera singer, one who sings popular music. So I guess she'd be acting like she's on top of the world. But, of course, knowing me and how I like to go deep into things, I also did explore, like, the bitchy meaning. And this she could also be have feeling important because what she can do to and, to and because of Anderson. So, like, she is feeling like she's important and, like, Especially the most important thing to him. So yeah, I guess Diva could be used in that way. But I'm thinking that this is the former would be most likely mainly because of the next bar. So Aretha Franklin no, needs no introduction. She is one of the most iconic voices in music. So yeah, she can be described as the Diva that sings popular music. And she can also hit really good notes. So now, oh, she, not Aretha, but the girl that's being described in the song, can hit the right notes too. Um, not the same way that Franklin did, though. Franklin was a singer, rest in peace. And she, not Franklin, but um, the girl that Anderson is describing. Um, well, she could be a singer. We don't know what her career is because she's just a character in a song. Well, it's not even a concept song. It's just Anderson talking to an unnamed girl. Um, but, um, well, even if she was a singer, then that is not what she's talking about in this context. I mean, if she was a singer, then this would, that would actually even be more genius if you think about it because... Um, now you're gonna hit them notes like Aretha. You're gonna both hit the good notes while you're singing and in bed. So I... That actually could be something that is really cool. And I actually just thought that off the spot. So, like... That is actually... Wow, I did not think of that. So then after this, the chorus is repeated twice... And then there is a beautiful instrumental outro. Now, this could actually be a reference to how great she is at sex, but this probably could be 
Well, actually, probably is a stretch. I mean, let's face it. Most of this podcast is probably a fucking stretch. Hell, I just stretched out the last two bars of verse two, like saying, oh, if she's a singer, then like that could actually be even more genius. Like, clearly, he was not thinking of that at the time. I mean, if he was, then that would be genius. I was just suggesting that, like, that could be fucking genius if that had happened. But, yeah, it probably was. Like, it was probably just the double entendre. Like, you gotta hit them notes like Aretha. Like, you gotta hit the high notes in bed. Like, she hit the high musical notes in um, singing. Um, but I still do want to talk about the outro, just based on the fact of how fucking beautiful the 30-second outro is. Um, and this isn't really a rock outro, like, um, Miss Right, but I actually do want to explain something. So, like, I'm not really huge or anything, so I didn't get shade for this. Yeah, and actually this is being uploaded soon after the last episode. But last episode I also talked about the badass outro to Miss Wright with the guitars and shit. And threw shade at Yeezus saying this is how you do it. Um, I just want to explain Yeezus, I don't necessarily hate the album, but... I'm not a fan of the album. It's easily my least favorite Kanye album. And part of that is because almost every fucking song ends with, like, a minute. Like, every song ends a minute too late after it should with, like, just forced-in guitar outros. I mean, like, they sound good, but they just didn't fit to me. And... Like, it's the shortest album, and it should have been shorter. And the way it ended was way too fucking abrupt, too. But back to the topic at hand, yeah, this is a beautiful outro, and this is where it fits. And same with Miss Right. Alright, so it's time for the conclusion, and I have a feeling that this actually might go on for a little bit. So, Put You On is a song in which Anderson describes his experiences with teaching girl how it performed well sexually after she was poorly educated. And now she's a pro because she was with Anderson who was able to teach her the ways. Now, alternatively, Genius does actually have a pretty good suggestion saying that she was actually never taught in the first place, which could explain why she knows nothing. And the things about, like, who taught you could actually... Be after her learning from Anderson and all the shit being uh, rhetorical, asking questions, and like how she learned her great abilities in bed. Like, for example, um, say someone gives you a cool shirt for Christmas, and then you, that same person asks, "Oh, where'd you get that shirt?" or "Oh, who got that shirt for you?" Like, yeah, they got it for you. They're uh, being rhetorical um that was probably the best metaphor i could do i'm sorry if i like make shitty connections but like i just go by what pops in my head first um but the reason i spent the last 15 minutes talking about the thesis of like someone shitty was teaching her was because this is just how i basically interpreted the lines and like it was she was i guess educated from the beginning i mean that also does seem feasible but i just personally interpreted it as 
like she was poorly educated. Now, guys, thank you for watching. I mean, listening. I'm sorry. I made that same fuck up last episode, too. Like, thank you for watching. Um, No, but this is a podcast, not a fucking YouTube video. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, The podcast is... I mean, it's not, like, going huge right now, but it's growing decently. And I actually do appreciate y'all for that. Anybody listening, whether it be through Anchor, Apple, Google, um, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Stitcher, that's where I, uh, that's where everything is being broadcast right now. And, yeah, I definitely do appreciate what all the people that are listening to my podcast, whether it be on your iPhone, your Android, Windows, or web, or whatever the hell you use, and whether you're in the US, UK, Canada, Lithuania, South Africa, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, and the United Arab Emirates. Um, so thank you for listening, and some of those are like a 1% of people, so I'm shouting out individual people, if you are one of those people that are, um, or if you are that one person from that one country listening to this, um, thank you, I really love and appreciate you, um, so, yeah, that is pretty much going to be it for the episode, um, stay tuned next episode where I'm gonna be uh, going into the one song on this album which had the credit feature on the song already with Thur. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to uh, Yes Laud. Be sure to like rate it five stars and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And, yeah, that's all I have to say. Take care, guys.